Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Six Ways from Sunday podcast. My name is Ben Wilson, your host. And if you've been listening for a while, you know by now that each week I sit down with Reverend Robin King over a cup of coffee and we pick a different topic each week to talk about, always relating to uh, our journey of faith and how we live, act and love in the world. And this week, uh, just before we sat down, Robin said that he would like to talk this week about politics. Don't stop listening, everyone. So politics is not one of my favorite topics. In fact, I, I very rarely uh, will, will read up on, keep up on politics in the news and what's going on south of the border or even here in Canada. I should do a better job of being more engaged as a citizen, I know. Um, but unless it's, we're right in the middle of election time, I'm usually not great at, at keeping tabs on what the different parties and our leaders are doing. Um, so I, I trust people like Robin to fill me in when, when things are going oh, crazy in the dangerous. world. But that seems like it's almost always the case. There's always something crazy going on. So uh, I'm, I'm sure that this conversation is going to um, weave together what's going on in the world politically with some different uh, religious and, and faith topics. Uh, and that's something that, Robin, you do on a weekly basis. You Maybe not a weekly basis, but fairly frequently you relate what's in your sermons to what's going on, maybe not politically, but currently in the world, to current events. Oh, I hope so. So you could call that politics in a way, but uh, once in a while you will actually mention or refer, make reference to some specific um, politicians or things that are going on within politics. I sure hope so. Is it something you try to keep to a bare minimum? Well, I have been told I should, because, you know, ministers shouldn't be talking about politics. You know, we don't want to hear about politics from the pulpit, right? Um, which is, seems to me kind of ironic because Jesus was outrageously political. He was um, absolutely, absolutely, and not just about, and not just about, um, you know, uh, you know the, the the Romans and you know, essentially living in an occupied country, right? Yeah. Um, but not just occupied by the Romans, but occupied by a leadership uh, that at the very least had gone astray, right? Yeah. Um, you know, the, the Jesus, the stories of, of Jesus having run-ins with the Pharisees or the scribes or, you know, representatives of the temple authorities, um, they're, that's ultimately what probably, ultimately what led to Jesus being arrested, right? Um, right. they wanted to get rid of him. Um, and he was a political threat. Yeah. Yeah, and it's really easy to say, oh, no, no, because, you know, the temple authorities, that's a religious issue. But but um, remember, too, that religion and politics were like they were like locked together in Jewish society. Um, they still are, right? I mean, in the sense mm-hmm. that, that Israel is uh, much of its history and anything that's historically significant is related to things like, you know, the Lord told them that this land was theirs, so there it is. Yeah, right. That there kind was of no separation between the church and exactly. state. Exactly, and so, uh, so it's not uh, it it's not out of the ordinary to say that Jesus was political. In fact, he absolutely was. Um, there's no question. Um, the the thing is that um, we have tried, I think, um, with not a whole lot of success. Thankfully, and I'll say what I mean about that in just a second. Um, to separate church and state, and when I say uh, when I say not with a lot of success, thankfully, what I mean is 
um, it's one thing to separate church and state. It's another thing entirely to tell somebody who has a very strong belief system about something that that shouldn't influence what they do politically. Mm. And and I don't ha- I don't have a problem with that. Uh, I, I honestly don't, because I think that, uh, in fact, I was talking to somebody the other day who uh, had read something I'd written, and, and it sounded to them like I was equating opinion and belief, and, and I absolutely am not, um, because I think opinion, uh, everyone's entitled to, well, everyone's entitled to their opinion, everyone's entitled to their beliefs. Um, my, my thing about that is that opinion ought to spring from your belief, right? It ought to be... Uh, influenced by your beliefs. Um, so, for instance, um, if you are somebody who follows Jesus, um, the manner in which you deal with people should uh, reflect the love and compassion and grace um, that uh, we don't readily see from politicians who claim mm. to go to church on a regular basis. Um, sorry, that was a little sarcastic. Um, but, you know, I'm a perfect example, right? Recently, uh, and by recently, I mean in the last year, um, the Attorney General in the U.S. quoted the Bible to justify something, which prompted a significant number of ministers of his own denomination to write a letter condemning his quoting of the Bible and pointing out he was wrong about so his did. interpretation of it. And what was even more ironic is that this is, you know, he's Jeff Sessions is a Methodist who goes to church and used to teach Sunday school. So, so um, what, was the, what was the scripture? It was that one from Romans that he was using to justify interring people uh, who, uh, migrants refugees coming into the U.S. Okay. Yeah, uh, refugees coming into the U.S. Yeah, um, and and you know that that happens uh, every now and then. There's every now and then on a regular basis. There are American politicians who either quote the Bible or point out that the manner in which they behave reflects their beliefs as an evangelical Christian. And I don't have a problem with that. Except here's the thing. Um, and it seems ironic to me that, well, it's not ironic. It seems entirely appropriate, and it's almost like somehow God working in those mysterious ways that God works managed to arrange this. But the lectionary reading for the Sunday uh, that follows elections, midterm elections tomorrow in the U.S., is the story of Jesus uh, from Mark. Uh, talking about uh, warning people to beware the scribes and Pharisees who dress up all fancy and do really long prayers, but really their heart's not in it, right? It's just behavior. They're not really, um, they're they're just doing it for show, Yeah. right? They like the power. They like the the show. Um, And then Jesus goes on. It goes on with Jesus uh, pointing out this lady, who, this elderly widow who is putting two little copper coins into the treasury. And it's the story we traditionally refer to as the widow's mite um, because M-I-T-E, because she's giving all that she has into the treasury. And those two stories, I think, really go together. And they are absolutely about politics. They absolutely are. Um, because if you have a politician who claims to be a follower of Jesus and reminds you frequently that they are, frequently that they are, and what they do is not influenced by love, grace, and compassion, no, they are not. Sorry, it's inauthentic. It's, it is that simple. Yeah. Um, it's it, it it needs to be, and 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 you know, I'm sure we can we can talk about you know tough love, or, uh, but no, <laughs> sorry. There's nothing biblically that justifies interring refugees. Um, there just isn't. Um, I was mentioning to you before we, we started recording that um, there's a, I, I just found this, this little video going around. It's called uh, GOP Jesus. 
Um, and it's really, from my perspective, it's hysterically funny and like right on. Um, but it's the, these guys have gotten together, obviously, and they've, they've done a video of, of Jesus and his followers, and it's Jesus' most famous sayings, except they've altered them slightly to reflect what they think they are now seeing. Right. Which is, and it, like it opens with Jesus holding a, a small child and saying, um, whosoever brings these children, let, let people bring these children to me, and whosoever brings them, brings possibly murderers or drugs. Take this child away and put him in detention until we can figure out what to do with him. Um, and then and goes <laughs> so on to you know things like group. yeah, it goes on to things like um, uh, when you when you uh, care for the poor and the the sick, um, you know, and you know that and and in the frame is the the uh, biblical um, reference, right? Okay. So what whatever scripture passage that they're referring to. Um, and it's it's one about where Jesus says, you know, when you do to the least of these, you do also to me, right? Yeah. And except it, it goes something like, um, you know, when you give food to the poor and take care of the sick, um, it makes them entitled and lazy. Don't do it. Um, <laughs> and there's there's one about um, when uh, when someone strikes you on the cheek, and of course you're waiting for the turn, turn the, the other, other cheek. cheek. He says, when someone strikes you on the te- cheek turn to the other cheek and shoot them because it's the law. And what's really particularly biting about that one is it is actually in a state like Florida, for instance, where you have that law that says that if you feel threatened, you can shoot first. Yeah. Right. Um, so it, it, what's, what's so funny about it is that, uh, first of all, it is entertaining, but it's, it's like right on. It's, uh, you know, like sometimes you watch, um, those late night um, talk shows or people like Trevor Noah and that where yeah. um, Bill Maher where they're doing yeah. political satire and you want to laugh but you know they're right on. It's so on that it's actually and more you can't. sad and exactly. scary. Yeah. And see I think I think a key source of that is that story that Jesus is where Jesus is saying beware the scribes who dress up fancy and do long prayers. Yeah. Um, because to me, the more a politician reminds you that they're, you know, a good Christian churchgoer, the more you should be careful about what they're about to do to you. <laughs> the more, <laughs> the more somebody reminds you how great they are. And and uh, I'm sorry to focus on American politics, but it seems this is a week for that. Mm-hmm. But it 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 also to me that that logic also extends to. If someone has to remind you constantly what a great businessman they are and why you should trust them to run the country like it's a business, you should watch out and maybe find out more. Because if you look into Donald Trump's business past, he's not a particularly successful businessman. I mean, there's there's good things and bad things, but he's had a lot of failures. He's lost a lot of money. The fact that he had a lot of money to begin with, yes, he did. Um, it was an, it was a help, but see, we we look at people, and of course, the moment someone tells you that they're rich, we do that little. There's a little bit of that. Um, oh, I was just reading somebody's blog who who what they wrote was there's a little bit of the prosperity gospel in all of us, and and that's the belief that if we see somebody who is wealthy, we think they must be good at something. Yeah, we think that it, they must it buys be. Them some credibility and therefore, somehow. yes, therefore that must make them a good person and therefore that must mean we should listen to whatever it is they say and n- no 
right? So does that apply to to clergy as well? That applies to clergy. In fact, I think that, in fact, from Jesus' perspective, that starts with the clergy, right? That starts with the the, the, the leaders of yeah. the temple, right? And 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 that that story of the woman giving all that she had. I don't think that's a stewardship story about. Um, uh, giving whatever you can from everything that she, like she gives everything that she has what I think it is is a stewardship story from the perspective of she believes in what she's giving it to right right so she, she believes has faith that in the institution she has she faith has... in she's giving it to the temple because the temple according to the Bible and according to the law is supposed to take care of her mm. and she believes in it and that story that story so she's giving everything that she has to what she believes in and that story follows right after Jesus reminding people to be discerning. Ah. So I ah, don't think I don't actually think that's a story that should commend to you. You should give the church everything you have. Although as the chair of our board, Ben, you should be reminding people to give the church everything that they have. Well, it, at least ten percent, or at least ten percent. It's not a stewardship story. It's a story of actually. I'm going to come back to to that comment in a second, but but um, it but it's not a stewardship story from the sense of it's a it's an affirming way of saying you should give everything. I think it, what it is is a way of reminding people they should give to what they believe in. So, for example, um, I've I've had recently cause to say to people that n- no one gives to the church because they give to the church anymore. Right? It used to be you gave your money to the church because it's the church. You didn't need an explanation. It was just what it's you do. the church. Yeah. And now people want to know what you do with it. Yeah. Where's it going? Where's it going? How's it being used? In fact, if you have a project that's worthwhile, like a, um, a community project where you're providing food to the hungry or, or building something for the poor, doing things like that, people are more likely to support you. Way more. Um, because they know that's that. where it's going. Yeah. The fact that the church is doing it is incidental to the fact that they know where it's going. Yeah. Right? And and we've experienced, yes, we've absolutely experienced that in, in, uh, in our church. In Basha, I'd say we've and had a, a pretty major shift over the last absolutely. five, and, six, and many, seven years. Absolutely. And many, if, if not most, churches are now, uh, have realized that and are shifting to that. They're either they're either benefiting from having made some changes or they're grappling with it and, and really should look at at their model of how they're doing stewardship. Yeah, that's like, not to say that there aren't people who still give to the church because they believe course. in the church. There absolutely are, and of that's course. not a bad thing at all. I'm just saying that people who are, particularly people who are new to the church or um, have had a negative experience in the past, they want to know where it's going and what it's doing, right? Um, and... And and I think I think that's really important for people to understand and realize. They should. They absolutely should. People should not give their money to an organization just because the name of the organization is whatever it is. They should give it because they believe in what it's doing. Yeah. Um, that has positive and negative ramifications, right? Um, it, it, I know this sounds really catty, but basically racists and bigots will support Trump because they realize he's allowing them to continue to be racist and bigots, right? Um, and, and, and that's just my opinion, but, but there's evidence for it. Um, you know, he's re- received campaign don- donations from white supremacists. Um, yeah. th- white supremacists have outright said they support him. That's the point at which he should say, I don't want your support. Yeah, he, but unequivocally, he, he yeah. should have unequivocally right away said, "I don't want your support," and yeah. not said things like, you know, uh, Charlotte about, you know, there was bad people on both sides. 
you, you, you just you can't don't even say that <laughs> right um and yeah, not denouncing them is a, is a huge statement right because because again and again um hate is not an opinion it's just not an opinion it's wrong it's fundamentally wrong um hate on the basis of, of uh, race or gender or any of those things it's it's not an opinion it's wrong um, and if you are someone who f- claims to follow Jesus, and I'm going to keep using the expression claims to, um, claims to follow Jesus, you know that already. So here's where I, I want to give you uh, another kind of playing the devil's advocate perspective on, on that. So it's easy to look at celebrities or politicians who really are in uh, the limelight a lot and that any mistakes that they make or, or slip-ups are often caught by the media and we and we see that oh look at look at how inauthentic that person is they claim this and then they they're not mm-hmm. living it but the rest of us who aren't famous or th- that aren't in the media all the time if someone followed me around with a video camera um and wanted to critique my parenting or critique how good of a friend i am or critique how anything or you as a minister we all would be it wouldn't be long before people would be able to to poke a hole in anything that we claim right mm-hmm. oh, i claim i'm a christian so well that must mean this and this and this oh but look at how you didn't do this yeah kind thing for this person or look at how you uh failed here or, did, or right. messed up there and so where do we draw the line between like it's i hear well, what you're saying about politicians. I, I hear what you're saying and i would say we draw the line at the point at which uh we expect perfection because that's not possible you you can't you cannot do anything more than doing your best um, and um, if particularly if you're if you are a follower of Jesus uh, and I say this repeatedly um, Jesus one thing Jesus never said was be perfect at what I'm trying to get you to do yeah <laughs> right um, not only love each other as I showed you how to love be perfect at it <laughs> right and um, I, I, I don't see that anywhere. I just don't. I think what, what I see is Jesus constantly encouraging people to, to try, to, to, to engage the goodness and grace and love that's in them and share that and live from that and share that sure. with others. So how much grace do we offer? So, okay, uh, how much? Leaders? That's a really good question. And, and um, I don't think there's an answer to that. I think it's, um, that's one of the dilemmas that we have. I think there's a point. There is there is absolutely a point at which you know darn well um, that um, th- there, there's a point at which the balance has been tipped, where right? the claims and the the statements just are so out of line with what they're living that it's it becomes clear that um, that it's that it's inauthentic. Yeah, the, the, yeah. Yeah, I think I think you know. I, I mean, sorry, I shouldn't say I think you know. Um, I, I I think I think there are times when, and I think this is one of the dilemmas with people like, um, uh, well, with people like Trump and others, um, that they are um, they are they are they're they're playing on your um, your. Uh, in a way, they're kind of playing on your hopes, right? Um, I mean, think of that. The, I'm sure there are so many people who kind of looked at um, what they could get out of Trump versus what they didn't like and went, okay, I'll vote for him. I, I just think that, that um, this, this story about, like, Jesus reminding people about, uh, 
it's it's so easy to look at the story of Jesus reminding people to be cautious of uh, the temple authorities who um, uh, dress fancy and they want to have the nicest, the best seat at the table, and and they want to have all of the benefits and they want you to you know treat them with respect and everything just because they're you know who this position, right? It's so easy to put that in the context of well, you know. Jesus had an issue with the temple authorities through like all of the gospels through everything and you know in fact that's you know what happened in the end right um, it's it's easy to do that and then push it to the side or at the very least only apply it to clergy right yeah um, it's really easy to do that and it's not like um, the church historically hasn't given you lots of reasons to question that absolutely and still does Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering why you wouldn't then apply that generally, that principle of being discerning, and and maybe this, maybe that's what the story, maybe the story isn't about all temple authorities are bad. Um, it's not about um, people. This is what pe- how people behave. What it's about is you should be more discerning, right? And I think that that applies across the board, absolutely across the board. In fact, you should be more discerning about. Um, uh, some poor elderly widow who's giving all her money to the temple treasury. Um, is that just somebody being overly generous uh, and giving from their sense of, uh, well, this is what I've got, I'm going to give it? Or is it about somebody putting their trust in an institution that they know is supposed to take care of them? Right. And that ought to bring up some serious conversation. Um, particularly amongst churches in Canada, about people who put their trust in the church, hoping the church would take care of them, and not only didn't we, we went so far in the opposite direction, um, but we're supposed to yeah. take care of people. Or we're supposed have... to be worthy of your trust and your belief. We're, we're yeah. supposed to be. Yeah. Um, and and that's where that's where I think it's less about uh, people having money or not having money and and you know I just I I just go back to your your give ten percent right we tithe right yeah and that's a that's a great tradition to tithe to the church except once again I I don't think that's a bad thing to do and I think in fact people should tithe to the church but they should know what their tithe is doing they shouldn't just tithe to the church because you know several centuries ago we decided that was a good idea so you better still do it they should know where their money's going and they should know what it's doing they should be discerning about what their church is doing and the best way to do that of course is to be involved with more than just money right um we it's have tricky though because so as a as a member of the board for quite a few years in basha here um it's it's really great that in the last year or so we've been getting better at sharing information with the congregation Mm-hmm. We've been including more information in our like uh, annual report that goes out to the congregation, but it's it's tough because it's dry and people don't want to yeah. read about finances. And so there's kind of this general just, well, unless there's a big announcement that we're in a big panic, we're going to just kind of trust that everything's carrying on and is good. And, and you know, I just, I don't know how it's, how you can better engage people that, they, they they believe in the institution. They feel value in coming to the church and supporting events, supporting fundraisers, coming on Sunday mornings. They obviously are a part of that that community and it has meaning for them. Um, but but maybe maybe it's just the the fact that looking at numbers is is not 
interesting for most people. Because it, it's, it's not. It's not. So it, you have to be creative in how you yeah, share you that information. Yeah, you have to tell the story. And that's, I think that's the key. Is And for me, that's also the key when it comes to things like uh, uh, voting in an election, like voting for a guy. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you right now, I, I, I've had people actually tell me I can't. In fact, I've actually had people say, someone say, uh, that they would get up and leave if I started talking about politics on a Sunday morning from the pulpit, um, which is kind of ironic since I don't actually stand on the pulpit. But nonetheless, um, they would get up and leave uh, if I started talking about politics. And and Jesus is so incredibly political. Um, the The problem is that I think part of the problem is that they discern talking about politics meaning I'm telling you who to vote for. And right. uh, first of all, I would never do that, um, ever. Um, and you shouldn't, because um, people should discern for themselves who they should vote for. Um, and I will even say, um, I'm not going to tell you who I voted for in the last election, um, but I will say that I don't always vote for the same party. Um, in fact, I've been known to vote outrageously different parties from one year to the next, depending on... The point is to be discerning about what it is you think they're going to do. Mm-hmm. And if you believe in what so-and-so is going to do or so-and-so party is going to do you should vote for them if you believe in what they're going to do please do not ever vote on the basis of i don't like those people because even just saying that sentence that that's not jesus at work there it's just not um you know and we've that's we found that a lot in politics recently right is that it's not about it's not about ideas or thoughts or plans it's about personal attacks on people right um, and that's been become abundantly clear in the midterm elections in the U.S. It was in the Cana- last Canadian election. It was in the last provincial election. It's in in Alberta. It's going to be in the next provincial election in Alberta. You guarantee it. It's going to be in the next federal election because we've kind of gone that way. And we need to pull back. We need to focus on what people do and what their plans are and what we think they're able to accomplish, right? Um, and so it's it's about telling the story from my perspective. I, I would agree. Um, Both a few in years terms ago. of, of uh, politics and who you want to support, yeah. and in fundraising or right. stewardship, it's yeah. So it's let's let's go back to the money thing for a second, okay? Um, because a few years ago uh, in Bashaw, we decided to no longer pass the plate. I was going to bring that offering. up. Yeah, yeah. Right, um, and there were a number of there's a variety of reasons for that, um, but we, what we decided in the end was to not pass a plate anymore, but that we'd have a box in the lobby. And if people wish to put an offering or a donation in there, that's great. And and that actually, in the long run, that actually worked out pretty good because it meant that people could come in, literally come in off the street and leave a donation. Um, they could come to an event for which there was no charge um, and make a donation if they wanted to uh, yeah. to support the continuing of that that thing. And like like we do movie nights and stuff like that. Yeah. And sometimes people want to put a little yeah. money in there. And, and some, sometimes up, they bring so things, though. Sometimes they bring popcorn or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, but um, the idea was that we didn't want to pass a plate on a Sunday morning. One of the reasons for that was that there was a person in the congregation who uh, stopped coming to church. And uh, I went and talked to him about it. And uh, what he said was that um, things had gotten a little bit difficult lately and he was short money and he didn't have anything to put on the plate so he thought he shouldn't come. Uh. And yeah, I know, but you know, we that's what we do that but but not everybody would respond that way first of all yeah. and secondly um you can you can see his his thinking you you can totally see his thinking uh one um i really want to support the place 
and what it does for me because it's meaningful to me. I don't have any money. I'd best stay home. So my way of addressing that issue with him was to point out how much he does in terms of action, like what he does to participate in the life of church and what he contributes just being himself and being there. Yeah. Um, secondly, is that uh, when you have nothing to put on the plate, you know people are watching you. They're watching your every move. Mm-hmm. They're making sure you put something on. No, they're not. No, but you feel judged. But you do feel it. Everybody and that's the point, that. is that no matter how many times people in the congregation, you bring that up and people in the congregation will go, no, we don't do that. That's not the point. If even one person feels that somebody is watching them, then that's reason to address it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and now we have things like PAR, right? Uh, pre-authorized remittance so that it, it, you don't even have to put anything on the plate. It's handled through the bank or you maybe do uh, like one check a month or, you know, something like that. Um, so those other Sundays you don't have anything to put on the plate. And, you know, some people don't worry about that. Some people go, why are people watching me pass the plate on? Because I use PAR. Like, why would you... There's all sorts of things, but they're all around the idea of uh, being seen to be financially supporting the church. Yeah. And there's two things wrong with that. Number one is, it's not about financially supporting the church, it's about supporting what the church does. And you can do that with your finances and your action. Um, And the other thing is, uh, you, you shouldn't have to give money to the church to participate. That's not how it works. Um, we uh, we we aren't we aren't about that. But we're I, so I know there's programmed. A point. So hang on, we're so programmed though to perceive everything as an exchange of value. So right. Oh, you get you gave such a great sermon, and and I got so much value out of that. I want to, and so now I, and so then the, the to reciprocate right. that, I'm gonna puts you know right extra, so thanks extra money thanks for the... hitting on the worst possible th- scenario uh <laughs> which is always pass the plate after the sermon because if the sermon's good you'll get more money and if it's not you're screwed right yeah yeah but that is actually that that is actually a problem is that people who believe they only need to put money on the plate when they show up at church and then judge the value of what they're receiving in terms of today's performance that's that's what jesus is talking about with the with the uh, being more discerning about the leadership of the temple, right? I think you're right. Um, I, I think I think people should want to, and and here's the thing. Um, I think first of all, people should want to be part of a faith community because uh, it, there's so many good things about that. Um, being able to share what you believe, being able to learn with discussion with others, being able to share ideas, um, being able to engage people. That's why I so frequently say people don't go to church for God; they go for the people that are at that church. I mean, the big picture is we have faith communities because of God, but mm-hmm. we have this particular faith community because these because people these are part of it. Specific people, which right. is still for God. Which which doesn't mean it's not open and welcoming to others. Um, it it just means that um, it's an opportunity for people to feel like they're not just um, part of something because they fit in, but they belong because they bring something to it. And that something isn't about money; it's about them and what they do and what they're part of. The money part becomes a factor because we need to be able to afford to do that. Yeah. Right? There is that reality. There is that reality. And that reality isn't just that we need to be able to afford to be able to get together. It's that we need to be able to also afford to do the things that we believe in 
as part of getting together, right? Caring for the sick, uh, feeding the hungry, supporting the poor. Being the church. Being the church, right? Um, all of those things that are on our sign. Um, uh, we, we need some financial support to do that. But you, you shouldn't want to support that financially simply because we put a label on the side of our building that says we're a church. You should want to support it because you know what it is we do. And the best way to do that is to be involved in it. The best way to do it is to be discerning about what it is that we're doing and be part of the process of determining what it is that we do, right? Mm -hmm. Which then goes back to, uh, you know, the, the being discerning about the the uh, leadership of the temple. It's not just about dressing up fancy and having a label. That also goes to being discerning about governments. It goes to be discerning about um, community organizations that you support. It goes to being discerning about people. Yeah, we uh, we vote with our dollars. We hear that all the time. We vote with yeah. our actions and how we not only spend our dollars, but spend our attention um, online or spend our focus and energy and attention with people or with yeah. our communities and what we uh, support, what we engage in, what we participate in. We should be more discerning and... Um, uh, the the uh, the criteria for being discerning, I think, are the is the criteria that Jesus, if you are a follower of Jesus, um, leaves you with, which is, uh, is it love? Is it grace? Is it compassion? Is it life giving? Um, is it life giving? Right. Yeah. Cool. I, I was curious how we were going to tie in uh, all of those themes and and bring them together at the end, but as always, you did that very masterfully. And left, I think, left me with a lot to <laughs> think fun. about for someone who's not, uh, like I said, not really into politics and up on it. But um, you're right that it is uh, top of mind for a lot of people this week, especially. So I'm glad we dove into it. Thank you for this for this conversation, Thanks, ben. Robin. Uh, so thank you everyone for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next week. And as always, remember to spread joy and be love. Mm-hmm.